he is at the moment serving as executive director for ministry development and he has been doing this uh, for about six and a half years now in addition to serving as a executive director for ministry development he's equally the interim executive minister for develop leaders and all that ministry dick loves his family dearly his wife is with him this morning as well as his son he called love his dog joey <laughs> the st louis cardinal the university of oregon dogs football team he still has a capacity to love mystery novels <laughs> will you please welcome our brother dick luco Well, I'm uh, really thrilled to be here this morning. Um, uh, I, we've lived in Chicago over the last six and a half years, and uh, ha I've had several opportunities to, to worship here at New Community, not in this building, in your, in your previous space. And I have great uh, respect and affection uh, for Peter. Um, and um, I'm really excited about what I sense is happening through this community of faith. And um, I need to tell you that um, I was sitting uh, before the service started, and I felt like God said, I don't want you to preach what you were planning to preach. So then an argument started because um, you know I thought I was really prepared now I'm not so prepared by the way God won the argument which is not always the case I'm sorry to say but today he did so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something else that I feel like God said you know I feel like this the spirit just said say this and I, I said, really? Why didn't you tell me that yesterday? <laughs> but I've learned to try to listen when God is trying to say something. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something different. We'll get to that in a minute. But I just want to say thank you to you for your, your ministry in this community, in this city, for the ways in which you are touching people with the love of Jesus Christ. For the ways you demonstrate that through your life together and through who you are and for the ways you proclaim the truth of the gospel. I want to thank you that you are a sign of the kingdom in this place. I want to thank you for your support of the Central Conference and of the Covenant Church. We appreciate that. And I want to also say to you that part of my responsibility right now at Covenant Offices is to care for pastors. I was with Peter this past week, and we spent uh, about almost two hours together. Uh, and uh, he and I will continue to, to meet and 
Uh, we want to provide whatever resources Peter needs in this time when he's um, away from the church. And um, just want you to know that um, he's, he's doing well. And that he loves you. So uh, continue to uh, pray for him in this time, for his family, as I know he's praying for you as well. So let me read um, <clears throat> from Isaiah chapter 42. Beginning with verse 1. Here is my servant whom I, I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put... That's the wrong text. <laughs> See, I told you that I... In the argument, I was thinking about, never mind. It's Isaiah 43. <laughs> but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And then later in the chapter, in verse 18, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I want to ask uh, just in a few, for a few moments of silence that you would just pray for me. That God would speak through me the words that uh, he wants you to hear this morning. Heavenly Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our guide, your spirit our teacher, and your glory our supreme concern. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. When I was eight years old, I ran away from home. And I got as far as the tree in the corner of our front yard. I was mad at my dad about something. I don't remember what. what. I probably wanted him to do something for me or give me something. Or he may have said I couldn't do what I wanted to do. But I was mad and I said to my dad, I'm running away. And he said, okay. And I got to the tree, and I thought, ah, uh, what can I do? So I climbed the tree. And I got up, it seemed like as an eight-year-old that it was really high, that I was up really high, like think ceiling high. I'm sure it wasn't that high, it was maybe more like this. 
But I felt stuck because I looked down and I realized I, I don't know how to get out of this tree. So here's what I did. Dad! Nothing. Dad! Nothing. Hey, Dad! My dad came to the front door. He looked out. He walked out on the porch. Looked at me up in the tree. And he kind of ambled over. And he said, I thought you were running away from home. I said, I changed my mind. So I said, Dad, I don't know how to get out of the tree. And he said, put your hands on the branch above you. And then you need to inch out on the branch you're standing on. And then you need to let go. And I'll catch you. I said, Dad, is there anything else we can do? He said, no, you need to let go and I'll catch you. And I said, how do I know you'll catch me? And he said, because I'm your father and I love you and you can trust me. So here I am. He said, I'm going to count to three and you can let go. So he said, one, two, three, and I wanted to let go, but I couldn't. I said, Dad, are you really going to catch me? He said, I'm your father and I love you. Let go. And so he counted again, one, two, three, and I let go. And he caught me. In my experience in life, I was just, um, I just had a birthday in, uh, in May. My wife says that I don't have a birthday day anymore, I have a birthday month. I was 67 on uh, May 18th. In my experience in life, I often find myself in a place where I want to run away from home, where I want to run away from God, and I feel caught in that tree, out on a limb. And for me, even now, after being a Christian for almost 50 years, there are still times when I say, how do I know you'll catch me? How do I know? 
God says, because I'm your father and I love you, you can trust me. There are times in our lives when things happen that are just kind of disorienting. We thought things were going one way, and now all of a sudden they're going a different way. And that might be the limb we find ourselves on. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. I had treatment. They told me 90% of folks get, get cured. You're going to be fine. And I thought I was fine. And a year later, the doctor said the cancer came back. And I was out on a limb. He said, you know, it's really not curable. We can treat it. You might live a long time, you might not. That's out on a limb. Are you out on a limb? Is there something in your life that has caused you to run away from your home? in God? The only thing I can tell you is if that's where you are, that's actually not in some ways a bad place to be. Because when you're there, the choices kind of get narrowed, don't they? I can either stay on this limb and make my home here or I can let go and let the Father who loves me catch me. I know that for new community, this is, um, at least I think, I assume, that this is a bit of a disorienting time. Peter's away. And so you get, you're, you have gotten and you will get different people standing up here. Folks you don't know. Hopefully other folks you have standing up here will have, will be preaching the sermon they were prepared to preach. But that's disorienting. I know Peter, and I know what a wonderful preacher he is, and so for different folks to be up here, it's kind of weird. In the life of the church, it's a bit disorienting. I understand that. But here's what I think this text is saying. Here's why I think God wanted me to share this. First of all, He says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I summon you by name, and you are mine. That's not just a word to individuals. In fact, it's not primarily a word to individuals in this text. It's to a community, to the nation of Israel. And what I want to say to you this morning is that new community was in God's mind before it was in Peter's mind or anybody else's mind. 
that God knew that there would be a church in this place serving this community and this city that it was something that he wanted that he formed that he put together it's his community he knows your name he knows new community and he knows every person in this room's name. And if you're out on a limb as a church, or if you're out on a limb as an individual, he's there and he's saying, I'm your father and I love you, you can trust me. It's his church. It was in his heart, in his mind, first. And when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God, how do we know that we're not going to drown? How do we know that we're not going to get burned up? And he says, I'm your father. And I love you. And you can trust me. I will bring you through. I will take you to the other side. I will take you where you need to be. And I will be with you in that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? The God who knows your name. The God in whose heart this community was formed. The God who will take you through whatever deep waters you're experiencing. The God who will catch you because he loves you. And he's your father. Is also the God who says, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past, for I am doing a new thing, a new thing, new community, a new thing. Do you not perceive it? In my experience, God is always doing new stuff. That's who he is. He's a God who creates. He's a God who molds. He's a God who, who puts things together. He's a God who is working in our lives as a community. <coughs> Excuse me, as a community and as individuals. God's always doing new stuff. The issue is, do we see it? Do we have eyes to see it? Do we have ears to hear what God is trying to say to us? Do we have minds and hearts to receive that new stuff?
stuff. I was really encouraged to hear about your, your appreciative inquiry process. Because that gives God the opportunity to do something new. That's a process whereby you seek to understand what it is that God wants to do in you and through you. God's doing some new stuff. And if you feel like in your life you're kind of stuck, one of the songs addressed this, which it was, I can stay where, I can stay kind of where I am. If you feel that way, if you feel stuck, just ask, God, give me eyes to see what you're trying to do. Give me ears to hear. Help me understand the new thing you want to do in me. God, can you do an appreciative inquiry just in my life? Yeah? What's the new stuff? What's the new thing you want to do in me today? See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God has placed this community in this place to make a way for some folks who feel like they're wandering in the wilderness. To make a way to make streams for some folks who feel like they're living in a wasteland. That's why you're here. That's what God wants to do in you and through you. And you just need to ask, God, what is it? You are asking, God, what do you want us to do? God has revealed some initiatives for you, five of them. All of that can be as new stuff that God wants to do. And as you continue to ask, God will continue to show. So if for whatever reason you feel like you're out on a limb. Like you're not sure what to do next. Like you're stuck. Like you have no clue. Call out for God. Cry his name. Say, God, I need you. I need your help. Can you catch me?
Can you catch us? Can we trust you? And I can only, um, I can only share with you from my own experience that the God who says, I am your rock. The God who says, I am your defender. The God who says, uh, I, I, my arms are strong. I can catch you. The God who says, I am with you. The God who's, who says, I'll take you through the deep water. The God who says, I'll take you th through the fire and you will not be burned. When we call his name, he shows up. Again, what I, one of the things I'm learning is that um, Jesus goes where he's invited. <laughs> Revelations talks about Jesus sa says, see, I stand at the door and I knock. And whoever opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. <coughs> and they with me. I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes wish Jesus would just come in without me having to open the door. Because I sometimes don't hear the knock. I sometimes don't feel like, you know, it's kind of easier to stay where I am, to sit on the couch, than to get up and open the door and let Jesus in. But Jesus goes where he's invited. And so when we worship Sunday after Sunday, that in one sense is what we're doing. We're inviting Jesus to come in. We're inviting Jesus to teach us, to change us, to show us the new thing. Do not be afraid. For I have redeemed you. And I know your name. God, how do I know? You'll catch me. How do I know? Because I'm your father. And I love you. And you can trust me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that you are the God who shows up, that you are the God who knows our name, that you are the God who is always ready to catch us, whatever limb we are on. And so we ask God, just in these few moments of silence that, that each of us might come to you, we might um, ask for what I need, what we need. And we might hear your voice that I'm your father and I love you. And Lord, 
I pray that just in these few moments of silence, there's a new thing you want to do in our lives as individuals and and in this community of faith. That you'd help us to get up and open the door and let you in. Thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.